0: Welcome everyone to today's podcast of Shooting From the Hip, brought to you by Sim Trainer, the Dayton area's first indoor range and firearms training center. I'm Jeff Pedro, in with Mark Avery. Sim Trainer is located at 2031 Dryden Road, Moraine, right across the street from DPNL. You can visit us on the web at www.sim-trainer.com. Or you can give us a call at the store at 937-293-3914 and we'd be more than glad to talk with you about anything about guns, accessories, training, whatever it is you might need. I also want to direct our our, uh, people who might be viewing the podcast to be sure to check out our uh, store tab on the website. The store tab will get you into our online store so that you can look and see. Um, pretty much you can find almost anything you might look, be looking for. Uh, we've mentioned several times this is a time when most people in the shooting community are looking for the things they want versus the things they need that they already have. And maybe you're not sure exactly what you want. I keep getting reminded by my uh, grandkids and I've been watching my uh my watch and notice that uh, Christmas is now less than two months away so I'm sure that some of you are thinking about what you want for Christmas or what you're going to buy somebody that you're close to for Christmas and uh, it would be a great opportunity for you to take advantage of the tremendous sales that are being offered pretty much across the industry see if there's something there that interests you call down the store get it ordered and uh, we'll be more than glad to get it for you I have to say just based on since we opened the store probably three months ago Um, We're now approaching tens of thousands of dollars dollars in sales, and very few items have not been in stock when people have called to order them. That's because the industry is just kind of at that place right now where um, there's lots of availability. And uh, because of that, um, the the consumer is getting tremendous uh, cost savings when they buy something. So please take the, the opportunity to look through our store and see if there's something that we can get for you. I want to remind our listeners also that uh, November 11th is a very special day, Veterans Day, especially in lieu of all the nonsense and controversy on the television. I want to let you know that we at Sim Trainer take that day as a very special day. Uh, We are dedicating um, uh, kind of the, from that day on to uh, it's kind of a Veterans Day activities down at the range from November 11th through the end of the month. We're going to offer any veteran who comes in that's uh, current or retired, um, a free lane, free gun rental, free target, free patriotic ball cap of choice for coming down to the range. All you have to do is buy your ammo there. If you have your own gun, you're welcome to bring that. And uh, we'll give you a day at the range. They'll spend a little bit of time just giving you a general orientation, have you fill out a waiver form. They'll take you out, show you how to use the, the target retrieval system, and you can have a great day. And by when I say free guns, we have a 60 gun inventory. And you're welcome to try anything that we have in inventory. It's just, again, you just have to buy ammo there at the range.
1: We also have a concealed carry class that day on the the 11th of November. So if that's something that you're interested in doing, we'd love to have you come down and get signed up for that as well.
0: In addition to that, because we know that uh, people are looking for places to shoot, um, because of a lot of things that have happened in this particular area and just in the industry in general, we're offering a trial membership that goes from um, now till the end of the year uh, that trial membership is unlimited access to the range during recreational shooting hours, which is about fifty hours a week. Uh, we normally charge seventy-five dollars for that, but for our veterans who come in during the that period of time from uh, Veterans Day, November eleventh through the end of the month, it's twenty-five dollars off, so they get that trial membership for fifty dollars. Then an even better deal happens if you decide to stay on. We already discount our permanent one-year membership twenty um, percent from two hundred and fifty dollars. To $200 for military and law enforcement. So if at the end of the year you say, hey, I really like this and I'm going to stay on for an additional only $150 uh, to take your total uh, membership up to, we will carry your membership for one year from your initial date. So you can extend that through for an entire year from the date you initially joined. So if you come in on Veterans Day and join that day, that'll be your renewal date next year. But instead of paying the full $200, you only pay $150 because you already paid the 50 for the, the trial membership. It's going to be a great opportunity for you to get acclimated to the shooting sports, for you to find out what we have to offer you down at Sim Trainer. not only by way of uh, recreational shooting, but if you're interested in competitive shooting or some additional firearms training, we'd certainly be more than glad to uh, help you in that regard. Um, I will also remind our listeners, as I mentioned earlier, Christmas is right around the corner. Another added benefit is that over the holidays, beginning with Black Friday, huge sale we're going to have on through Christmas, we will be offering uh, firearms, uh, ammunition, and accessories at great savings. So as a member, you'll be privy to that and have the opportunity to take advantage of some of those great sales. So again, from Veterans Day, November 11th through the end of the month, any veterans, all you have to do is come down and show your ID. And uh, we'll be more than glad to uh, give you a uh, opportunity to experience uh, the fun and um, uh, training that we offer at uh, SimTrainer. Um, during this past week, I've been watching the news, and I happened to see that the Ohio House passed uh, a substitute bill 142, which uh, that's basically a CCW notification modification whereby um, uh, currently... Um, individuals who have a concealed handgun license and they are carrying their firearm at the time they're stopped by law enforcement, they're required to immediately notify the law enforcement officer of that fact. However, the modified law, because of some um, confusion and some um, maybe not uh, uniform Uh, enforcement and application of that law around the state they say that it's just more reasonable the provision in this uh, substitute bill is that you're not required to notify until you're asked for your driver's license identification in conjunction with the official purpose for the stop so when the officer comes up typically they'll advise you they You know, they stopped you for doing 55 miles an hour in a 35 mile an hour zone, and they might ask where you're going to, where you're coming from. It's not until they ask you for the driver's license and or your identification and proof of insurance or registration, depending on the circumstances that you're going to be required under the substitute bill to um, provide um, the verbal notification and or your, uh, um, um, your plastic identification, your concealed handgun license. To the law enforcement officer. The other provision of this bill that is particularly applicable is that it's going to lower the fine and penalty from a felony to a minor misdemeanor uh, subject to no more than a $25 fine. Um, So that's something that, again, that's for the first offense, but I can't imagine, again... We've been doing this now, Mark, for uh, 13, 14 years, and there have been a smatter, a small smattering of cases where concealed handgun licensees have done stupid things that led to law enforcement getting involved and ultimately making an arrest or conducting an investigation or whatever. But when you consider the hundreds of thousands, I think the number in Ohio now is over 600,000 concealed handgun licensees. When you consider the sheer number of people who have that license it's not a big problem because if it was, we would know about it. That would make front page news every day. It's not that big a deal. So um, the legislature's saying, look, this isn't likely to happen. And if it does, if the, the person's nervous or for whatever reason doesn't immediately, whatever that term means, and that's one of the problems yeah, with the, that the, term. The real pro- The real
1: problem was the definition of the term promptly, which yes. wasn't given anywhere. And so that's where you have a difference of interpretation from department to department or from individual to individual saying, well, that wasn't prompt. And there really shouldn't be that kind of ambiguity, especially when you have something that is a serious misdemeanor with up to $1,000 fine and up to six months in jail. That's, That's a fairly serious potential consequence. And then for them to say, okay... Recognize this is not a big deal. We're not ca- talking about you're being some sort of a threat or you're doing anything dangerous. It's an administrative issue, and to make that it really, I, I would have said even a citable offense, not even something that's criminally chargeable. But well, actually, uh, a know. minor
0: misdemeanor. That's all they can do is issue a citation. Okay. So there is no way to take them to jail, with exception if they pr- pr- fail to provide. Verifiable proof of their identity um, or other circumstances, strange circumstances, but for the most part, all they're going to be able to do is write them a ticket for that. And like I was saying, I can't imagine that situation occurring much, if at all, Um, because the overwhelming majority, and I'd go out on a limb to say 99.5% or more of concealed handgun licensees are responsible, law abiding citizens who don't cause trouble, because again, we would know about it if they did.
1: Well, the other aspect, though, is that there are. Even though your what your numbers, your percentages estimate is probably on tap, the problem is that when you have millions of stops over a period of time and you have a half a million concealed handgun licensees or more, so you do have a fairly significant number of people. And if a few people haven't done what they needed to or you get somebody who is maybe a little bit nervous or less experienced or has a you know has a, an attitude that uh says you know civilians shouldn't carry guns at all that's where you get some of these problems and there have been a substantial number of them even though it's not a substantial percentage and, i don't
0: believe and that brings me to another point and we talked about this right before we went on the air mark where we said uh, um in in 30 years in law enforcement um there's a lot of things that i was personally witness to and one of the issues is most of my colleagues who worked the road, who would be the people making these stops when the concealed handgun license law passed, weren't concerned because we weren't were concerned about law-abiding citizens because at first the law was pretty, you know strange. you had to have the gun uncovered and you had to you know that prompt notification was in there. and most of my colleagues and me we were like, We knew when we stopped them, because when we ran their license, there was a link between the Bureau of Motor Vehicles and the concealed handgun license information. So we already knew they had that license. So if they had the license, went to the hassle of getting it. We made the presumption they were law abiding to begin with, and they're not the ones that typically were going to cause us trouble. But to be fair, not all police departments
1: have the same technology that you had available, and so they may or may not have yeah. had that information yeah. prior to
0: the but first But even the encounter. ones that don't, it's pretty much uniform with very rare exceptions now. Even the rural counties have to go through the sheriff's offices so they get information. It may not be given in a timely manner, and they may not have a computer in the car yeah, that, that comes right about. back to them. Yeah. So yes, some places don't have the ability to get the instant feedback, but typically the dispatcher would relay that information to the officer upon on verbal uh, confirmation of the individual's driver's license status and the fact that they would be in possession of a concealed handgun license. So on the one side, um, I don't think it's a big problem on the part of law enforcement officers. And I know several of my friends who have listened to this show over the year have, have kind of uh, affirmed that. If there are other people out there who have an opinion personal or somebody else, we certainly encourage you to Go ahead and go to our Facebook or uh, go to our website and hit the um, contact page and send us some information um, if you've got a concern either way so that we can discuss it with the broader audience, because I'd be interested to hear if there are some contrary views to what I just expressed. The other side of that is one thing I know, and this has happened many times as the law has um, evolved over the last 13 years. There are people, mostly news commentators, who say things like, I wonder what the law enforcement response to that's going to be. Well, in reference to these two changes that I described, just the the, the making it uh, not mandatory until you ask for ID and then lowering the, the penalty, I don't think there should be any law enforcement response because I think it's an insignificant matter. However, as Mark explained to me, and as we well know, in the past typically it's law enforcement leaders and sometimes it's leaders of like the fraternal Worker order of the police or the chief police a uh, chief of police association who it's their representative who makes a comment one way or another and quite frankly many of them i feel as a as a retired law enforcement officer they're misinformed and they make a statement that is more emotionally driven, maybe politically driven, often in contrary to or recommending even a further modification to the, the the modification or something to that effect. But in many cases, remember that some of the commentary you hear isn't from the people working the front lines on a day to day basis. Now, I'm not saying they should be totally written off as insignificant, but I just want people to understand. I personally have witnessed and I've shared with Mark and he's probably also heard representatives from various police quote unquote organizations who have come out in opposition of certain provisions of the bill that it really was not an issue and it wasn't worthy of them making the comment going all the way back to before the law was passed in the
1: first place and we had concealed carry which started in 2004 all the discussion in at least two sessions of the general assembly prior to that you had those kind of comments and often they would testify if you want, you can go out and pull up some of that testimony and and then compare it to what's actually happened in the years since 2004, so now 13-plus years since Ohio has had concealed handgun licenses and lawful concealed carry, none of the things they were concerned about or they purported to be concerned about have happened. Yeah. And so when you come, and, that, and that's part of the problem with, virtually every one of those who have opposed whatever the increase in liberty is that goes along with something having to do with firearms, they always bring up cases that are theoretical or hypothetical, none of which have any basis in fact, and all of which have been debunked over years, either in Ohio or in other states where there have been similar provisions with no problems but they don't want to take that information because that's too much like data and it doesn't fit their narrative. They have an agenda they want to push. And if the facts don't fit their agenda, they just ignore the facts.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, one other point I want to make is, um, are there overzealous police officers? Yes, there are. Are there people who um, go above and beyond their authority? Absolutely. That's the case. But I have to tell you, not only I, I was a police officer in two separate uh, police departments, one in Ohio, and I started my career in in illinois and I was subjected to the exposure to a lot of other agencies because of my involvement in other activities, things I did above and beyond my routine duties so i had uh, I rubbed elbows with lots of police officers and I saw lots of circumstances. I worked on task force task forces that were multi agency and there 's a a lot of good guys out there, and they 're doing the right thing. Um, the majority of the time. So I don't want to in any way downplay some of the concerns that the people that uh, maybe um, were the originators of this bill were concerned about because there have been cases Uh, A a smattering of cases around the state of Ohio where things have happened that have at least caused people to raise an eyebrow and raise some concern about how this plays out. And I can personally tell you just from the experience of some people, although I would never, if a person was a law-abiding citizen and they had a concealed handgun license, I would stop a person, tell them what they were stopped for, and maybe they're going through some life circumstances that just caused them to not be paying attention to their driving, and they immediately dump that on me. It's not intentional. It's not even designed yet. Them out of the ticket, they're just saying, hey, I'm having a real bad day. I probably was speeding, but let me tell you what's going on. Well, now think about that. If they spend 30 seconds or 45 seconds telling me that, and they even clarify that by at the end saying, I know that doesn't have any bearing on this, but officer, I'm just having a bad day. I want to let you know. The issue about immediate notification comes into play, and I can see where some of that discrepancy could be a concern. I mentioned me, my personal example. That conversation might go on for two, three, four, five minutes, and I may even tell the person to pull over into, it's not, I've done this before, have him pull over into a parking lot and we end up, he gets out, we have a casual conversation. I can remember one individual, he was a nice guy. It was a day like today, a beautiful day outside. And... We, I didn't even know him. I had him pull over. Um, he acknowledged that he did what he did. And everybody that knows me, I'm not much of a ticket writer and wasn't much of a ticket writer anyway. Too much paper But we work. got into a casual conversation of all things about the Cleveland Browns football team. Now, I know a lot of you out there are saying, what were you doing wasting your time on taxpayers' dollar talking about the Cleveland Browns? Well when you're from Northern Ohio and you didn't have much to cheer about ever since I was a little kid. Now, when I was, you know, a very little kid, we had a lot to cheer about, but since 10 10 and on, we haven't had a whole lot to cheer about, but it was nice to talk to that individual. And that was just another thing I felt was a way to reach out to the community. And and it was, I was just being human. And we had a casual conversation. I gave him a warning. He went about his business. He said, thank you. It was a positive result. And you know, everything gave him
1: a chance to, to get some of that, out a little bit which helps to de-stress him and probably long term make him have you know just a little bit better day community relationship
0: is a big part it, it's a big part it's a daily part of our job that's why right now i just hate to see all the negativism directed to police officers because having lived it and having a daughter who lives it every day um 10 year veteran now can you believe it mark 10 years on hard the to imagine you're hard to imagine um, but, it, you know, it, it's just something that when you're a police officer, the spouse of a police officer, uh, someone in the, a police officer's close uh, sphere of friends, you hear a lot and see a lot to a certain degree, because quite frankly, even my daughter's a prime example, she doesn't share that stuff with me. Unless it's something she needs to discuss and she knows she's got an open door anytime, but it's not something we go complaining about all the time. Yeah, we get together and we tell stories. All you have to do is watch some of the cop shows on television. And you wonder if you watch some of those live shows and you ever wondered how can the cop stories that I've been told be true? Watch those shows and see for yourself how stupid stupid is. It just seems to play out day in and day out. It amazes me when I see stuff that's not being reenacted. It's actually playing out in real life. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I was part of that, but I didn't have nearly the sense of humor when I was in the middle of it as I do now. And I wonder yeah, it's how did it get later. to be so stupid? Right. So, you know, bottom line there, police officers, uh, the overwhelming majority, they're out for good, particularly in this area. We're not real concerned with the law abiding citizen, because as we've reported in the last previous shows, there have been numerous incidents where people who should not have guns, who should not even be out of jail, end up acquiring guns and do the dirty deeds that they do. And that's the overwhelming majority of cases that are currently going on around this country. Jeff, in some ways, I hate to keep coming back to this, but it is something
1: that's still in the news and is still having action taken Let's talk a little bit about what little more that we know about what happened in Las Vegas, and especially some of the things that are going on after the fact. There's been a, a bill introduced in the U.S. Congress. Actually, there's, there was one also introduced in Ohio General Assembly that would make some sort of restrictions on accessories to firearms, essentially, and whether that be a bump stock or anything else that increases the rate of fire and as some of these have been analyzed it looks like it's very possible that by just moving your trigger faster you could fall into the category that these very general and broad uh, legislative attempts could uh, could include and i think that the real problem is the focus on the equipment rather than on the focus on the actors and what they're doing uh, that that is something that we have a real problem in this country especially with respect to firearms, there's a lot of people who think that the guns are the problem, and then they do everything they can to try to restrict access to the guns instead of taking a look at the behaviors and figuring out what is the matter with these people, and let's figure out what we can do to reduce the number of people who are doing bad things that is a very tough call it is very very difficult to say we're going to know what you're going to do and we're going to put something in place that will prevent you from doing something bad every single one of these proposals has been looked at and when people are grilled honestly they say yeah nothing that we're proposing would have actually stopped that but we got to do something uh, I'm not sure where we got to do something falls into their constitutional authority.
0: Well, and again, I think we got to do something has already been initiated, a full-fledged investigation. Now, I, like many of our listeners, and I know like you and other people I talk to, we're frustrated only because of the lack of information. But that said, I understand in an investigation that is obviously as complex as this one is, there's not a lot of information that they can, nor in my opinion, should release depending on how the investigation is moving forward now in an incident like this there are multiple agencies at the local state and federal level combining and doing separate activities relative to what happened out there so all of the information isn't in a timely manner getting funneled into those press rooms um, where people can readily disperse information to the public And just like some of the military issues that are going on, that's not stuff we probably need to know about. Uh, There's just certain things that we can't know about relative to a successful investigation that's ongoing, uh, being done in a successful manner and brought to a a, a conclusion that's meaningful. So I know there's a lot of people out there who are concerned about what we don't know, and, and I'm one of those. And of course, that that leads to conspiracy theories and all kinds of supposition about what's going on behind the scenes. And the bottom line is, that's why Mark and I have made it a point. We're not going to talk specifically about the incident because we don't know enough of the facts. All we know is what you know, and that's what you've gotten through news media outlets and through press releases that they did early on. I haven't seen one recently uh, to give what factual information that they could release to the public.
1: And I think one of the biggest problems is not so much of what we know, but it, of what we know that isn't true. And there are a lot of people who are jumping to conclusions and they are filling in gaps. There's the, any time there's a void of information, there is a real tendency to try to figure out what happens and how do I connect the dot from what happened here to what little bit we know and then try to fill in everything else and people make suppositions and that's something we have very um, disciplined tried not to do that in this show because that's one of the problems and one of the reasons why we created this show. There's so much supposition and misinformation and we wanted to be a source that people could go to and know that at least they're getting a the straight scoop. Well,
0: you know, another, pers- another argument that I've heard is why do you need, you being us, us gun owners, why do you need so many guns? Well, one of the things I'm doing, and I started about three weeks ago, I'm taking a video and some pictures of me and my friends and my family and fellow members at the range engaging in various shooting sports and shooting activities. Now think about this. We have our competitive league on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning, where we shoot semi automatic pistols and pistol caliber carbines. Um, in the last two weeks, on two occasions, I have gone to shoot sporting clays and trap with different groups of people. Now, when I got there, I was, I have, I have, do it for the recreational, and I'm a little bit competitive, but I do it more for recreational. Two don't, of the people... Don't believe a word of that. Two he is of the, extremely competitive. He does do well, it for the recreation. Yes, I am but competitive, but I'm is, not very yeah. good at that, and I'd love to get better. But two of the people who are pretty good, I noticed... Each of them brought two separate guns because they used one gun for trap and another one for skeet. And exactly. then they modified the chokes on them when we went over to the sporting clays. I'm not sophisticated enough to understand the difference in spread patterns for the different activities that I'm doing, but I'm going to learn. But the point I want to make is in just the last couple of weeks, when people say, why do you need so many guns? Just in the few things I've done. That's not counting cowboy action shooting, three gun, and some of the other things. In just a couple weeks, we're going to go down to the farm and we're going to shoot long distance with bold action rifles with uh, scopes on them out to this year, 500 yards. We yep. stopped at 400 yards mm-hmm. only because that's as far as we could go. But this year we're going to get out to 500 yards. So when you say, why do we need all these guns? is because we do different things with them and all of us law abiding people. And if you just take my small group of people, whether it's my uh, members at the range, my subgroups at the range, we're talking hundreds of people probably trickling into the thousands of people that own thousands or tens of thousands of guns. And we're all law-abiding citizens who are responsible in our ownership, the way we safely keep them and the things we do with them. So when people say, you know, it's the guns that are bad, I can, I can personally point to thousands of people where that is not the case.
1: Well, the other problem that I have is, It's the wrong question. Why do you need so many guns? Why do you need so many clothes? Why do you need so many shoes? Why do you need so many automobiles? There's no question about the fact that we could probably get by with fewer of whatever you want to fill in the blank of. But I don't have a reason why I should have to justify what I am planning to get to anyone other than me right now. I mean... You know, if I was married, then maybe my spouse. But that's the kind of thing that it's nobody else's business what I choose to do in terms of purchase and acquire. If I have a fascination with automobiles and I want to collect a garage full and the garage is bigger than my house, it's nobody's business but mine. And that is really the fact about firearms as well. There's no reason why I should even have to address the question of why do you need so many when the answer is because I want them. There's nothing, I'm not planning to do anything illegal with them. I, there's no restriction on why I should have fewer. You might not think it's a wise use of resources for me to purchase a lot of firearms, but it's not your call. You didn't earn that money. It's none of your business what I choose to do. Now, some will say, well, he had lots and lots of guns. Okay, my answer is I've got lots and lots of guns, too. I don't usually have them in my hotel room, but when I do travel... In fact, one time I went out to Arizona, and I was planning to go out to the range with my dad, so I had a suitcase. I had five guns in it. I had one long gun and four handguns. And when I checked in at the airport, why do you need so many guns with... you know, Why, why do you need to have so many guns with you on this trip? I said... I'm it's not it's not a question of need it's a question of want and I'm going to be using them because I'm going to the range with my dad it's none of your business but I have a reason why I'm bringing this many guns and I have a suitcase that's specifically designed to carry this many guns in fact it's got cutouts for the rifle so that it's it's all traveling very safely but the real answer is it's none of your business why I need or want to have this many guns. And I think that's something that we as gun owners have allowed to just kind of go past without really having answered that question appropriately. We we actually try to answer the question about why do you need so many guns, And we explain the rationale for why we have what we plan to do with and why we purchased this particular gun or that particular gun. But the question needs to just stop because it's a wrong question to ask. And if I asked somebody who has a lot of figurines in their house because that's what they collect, why do you have so many of these figurines they would look at me like, you know, why do you need that many? Yeah. They would look at me like I was insane. Well, I'm just going to start starting looking at people like they're insane when they start asking that question and I, and I'm going to give them a polite and reasonable answer, but it's none of their business why I need so many guns because number 1, it's not a bill of needs, it's a bill of rights. So, I can Very have good them. Point. And so I'm not going to I'm not going to, I don't want to fall into that trap and I think that's something that as polite gun owners, we have done far too often. We've fallen into the trap of, well, why do you need so many? And we try to answer that question because there are good and reasonable answers for it, but it's the wrong question to ask. And we have far too many times been allowed to ask the wrong questions, and the wrong question, and then answer the wrong questions. And then go to Congress and pass laws
0: that answer the wrong questions and not really solve and address the core problem. Not address any problems. On a personal note, and again, you guys probably, if you haven't figured it out already, I love Christmas. Well, this year, (laughs) I have insisted that I'm not going to let my family members buy me T-shirts, underwear, and miscellaneous other things that I don't care to have other people buy for me. Too
1: much information So I
0: told them, it doesn't matter, I'm going to be straight into the point here. So I told them they're going to go together and help me buy a customized gun. Now, I don't mean a custom gun, but I bought a baseline gun that has some customization to it. And I've got a friend of a friend who is going to um, put some seracoding on it and make it in the design that I want. And it's going to be orange and black because you guys know I love tigers. I have an obsession with tigers. And it's going to have a tiger etched into the magazine well. And it's going to have some uh, orange and white, orange and black stripes, and some coating on it. And somebody say, Well, my wife said, Why do you need that? And I said, I don't need it, but I want it. And I want it because I'm to the Besides point it's now. Yeah. Yeah, it's Christmas. And I it's it's Christmas. And she said, All right, but I'm only given so much and the kids may not like it. And I'm like, Well, okay, whatever they don't pay, I'll pay. Yeah. Because this I, I know is something you fill in I want. The gaps. I'm <laughs> filling the gaps. But the point I want to make is um, I have seen some of the people. And the one individual who referred me to the guy who does this customization came to the range one day and he would bought one of these guns and had it custom designed to what he wanted. And I thought, that is really neat. And I want one of those. And I'm at a point in my life, after raising six kids, successful careers on their own, I can get a couple of things that I want. I remember as you do, and our listeners probably remember, there were times when you were putting your pennies together to try to get enough money to get what you need, your basic needs to raise your kids, to pay your rent, to do the things. I don't have a whole lot, but I have one thing that I want, and this is one thing I want. And it's going to be nice to go to the range and have people go, wow, they really did a nice job. Where'd you get that? And I'd like, yeah, look at this. This is nice. Would you like to try it? Look at it's going to be a nice thing because too. that's our culture. Yeah. Right, Mark? That's our culture. And it's really neat because I joke about one of the things new members, I always tell them when you come to the range, you're going to meet a lot of nice people and they're probably going to invite you into their stall to shoot their gun and their ammo. Don't ever say no. Yeah. Tell I'll them thank you that. because the next time they'll probably do the same thing. Yeah. And if you get in a position where you're in it, going to do something like that, gladly, gladly, gladly return the favor. But there are a lot of people, and that's one unique thing about this sport. When people talk about guns and people who have guns, um, all you'd have to do is come down and spend a week kind of overseeing at different times the people at league, the people recreational shooting, the people in classes. They're wonderful people who, when you're done with the activity, you have no problem going out and having dinner with or going and spending some time with and getting to know better because it's the nature of the people that we draw.
1: Along with that, anybody who thinks they can tell what's, who somebody is or assess them from a quick look based on their appearance, if you spend much time at the range, you're going to find that it's simply not going to happen. We've got people that meet Pretty much every range of the spectrum of what you might see in society, and these people all come to the range and they all have a good time. It's a great equalizer. You look at the target, and the results on the target is a very, you know, it's it's an equalizer. It it it's suddenly there's there's no more status besides. Okay, so how did you do here? What was the time in when we're doing the league? Of course, time and accuracy really matters. And so, how did you do? And it's, you know, everybody is held to exactly the same standard.
0: It's how long did it take and how accurate were your shots? Well, and, and there's really some neat things relative to that. I just yesterday did a lesson. It was more or less a tune up for a 75 year old man who came to the range. I didn't know he was 75, I knew he was, I always say they're older than 50 that's that's a safe that's kind of a safe line okay in most cases so I knew he was older than 50 and he kind of chuckled at me and we did I did some diagnostics and I helped him over to hump over hump with a couple of problems he was having and he was real grateful and we were sitting there just having a casual conversation well during the conversation he told me he told me he was 75 I had no idea literally he was I would have guess maybe 60 to 65 somewhere in that range he told me he was 75 and he said Jeff I don't know I just love this so much and my wife says I have too many guns but I tell her Maybe I do, but I don't think so. And I say, well, what's the reason she says you have too many guns? Well, because there are so many in the safe. And I said, well, that's not too many guns. And the example I give, there's a commercial, and I wish I could remember, there's a man who is showing I have two of these and I want to get a third one. And his wife says, why do you need another one? And she, he, he goes, well, why do you have all those shoes? And he points in her closet and literally half the closet is filled with shoes. She goes, well, there's different days. There's different occasions, different things we do. And he goes exactly, but it's kind of the same concept exactly. here. As I mentioned earlier, there's different activities that people enjoy and participate in the shooting sports. And some of them just want, there's a guy who said he bought his sixth Glock pistol the other day. And somebody in the background said, Why do you need six? He goes, because they haven't came out with the seventh in this caliber yet. It's kind of the old (laughs) strategy about how big a gun is. Well, uh, because I don't have one bigger. But uh, in this case, he has bought every model in the nine millimeter category that they currently have um, so far, with exception of some of the truly custom guns. And that's just his thing. He's at a point in his life where he can. He can afford it. It's what he wants to do. Um, I remember in his case, they just came out with the Glock Generation 5. And one of the features was they added the, quote, marksman barrel. Where all joke to him was, we, we, we told him, we said, we noticed in the league, you've been performing kind of in the middle tier. Um, this marksman barrel is certainly going to to help you and he goes well I was hoping and I said well you know you were doing so well early on that we took your barrel and we had Doug bend it so that you were shooting consistently to the left and this should solve your problem now that you bought your new gun you just don't let us get a hold of it so the joke is we tell people when gun manufacturers come out with new features a Chris trigger or a marksman barrel the implication is it's going to make them better they know that's not the case they know it has everything to do with the shooter and not the gun but it's kind of the camaraderie and the joking that goes back and forth with the groups of people that we hang around with
1: and most of the shooters know it too absolutely yeah but you know they're that doesn't mean that they're not going to go ahead and get that new whiz bang in order to hope that maybe that'll be the
0: fix yeah and again in, in the last few minutes we've kind of gone um full circle, but I want people to understand relative to the conversations you see in the media. And one thing I have done and made it a point to try to continue to do is turn that damn television off because there's just so much negativity there. And relative to this issue, you're not getting any different additional information about the facts of what happened out there. And all it does is, is just cause more questions to be raised. Most of which don't have any relevancy whatsoever, but the core issue here, should the government now be engaged in legislation that's going to curtail guns i think the answer is an unequivocal no Um, even the people who are calling for the change have come out publicly and said really nothing we do will make a change but we got to do something as mark said earlier on that something should be nothing now that doesn't mean that we don't keep the family members and community and uh and and all the people associated with the tragic in our thoughts and prayers, because that's certainly the case. But relative to what we need to do moving forward, certainly more gun legislation isn't the answer. Yeah.
1: And when we say nothing, we mean nothing legislatively. Clearly, there are some things that need to be addressed. Some of the mental health issues and mental health has been one of those things that in this country for so long and for too long, it's not gotten the attention it needs because there's a stigma associated with mental health issues and mental health injuries that we don't seem to apply to someone with a broken leg or an arm in a sling, a visible injury and the invisible injury, the invisible injury is just as much of an injury, regardless of what the source of that injury is. If there's a problem, if there's an illness, if there's something that's not right, we people deserve to have the opportunity to have that looked at and addressed. Now if we don't know the answer and it's not something that we can fix because science just isn't there yet and let's face it the brain is a very complicated computer and there's an awful lot more we don't know about how it works than what we do know about how it works but there needs to be some more work done in that area and if we instead focus on those issues instead of on trying to well, we're not going to have any personal responsibility here. We can't hold those people responsible and accountable for their actions because there's something mentally wrong with them. So let's control the guns. I'm sorry, that just doesn't well, work. You know,
0: Mark, there's a dark and a, a real and a dark side to portion of this discussion. When you have um, virtually half of the fatalities attributed to guns being suicide, and then in addition to that, the other half being homicide. Um, you, you know, there, there is a dark side. But again, there are so many other factors other than the thing that they know it's, that they have to look at. And in many cases, they know the factors that it led up to it. They know the, the issues in, the, in the, the, the social fabric of the communities where these things are happening. They know, but they've not been able to do anything. So here's, here's my twist on it. For years and years and years, they haven't been able to get a handle on some of those factors. So what better way than make myself feel good as a legislator than go ahead and make another provisional law that makes me seem like I'm doing something? And in reality, what we've seen over the last 50 years, 30 years, 20 years in the state of Ohio, last 12 to 13 years, no impact, no impact. The good law-abiding citizens that carry guns for personal safety and self-protection and the protection of others aren't the ones out doing the bad things that the people who have some of these issues that you're talking about are engaged in. And even those who don't
1: carry on a regular basis, so they're they're not outside their home with a firearm, but they're in their home and they have a firearm in their home, whether they have it for house protection or whether they just have it for recreation. It really isn't anybody else's business until there's a problem and you can't go back and say, all right, we're going to put something in place that will solve this problem
0: in advance yeah what is really just unnerving for me is i look at that incident 58 people killed and in the last uh since the mid-60s when they started charting what they considered active shooter incidents and that has a a varying definition but they estimate that in the 30 to 40 years they've been measuring this just short of a thousand people have been killed in these mass shootings that's terrible that's tragic What really gets me is that every time something like this happens, whether it's San Bernardino or over in France, all of a sudden there's concern and outrage and they want to do something. But here again, I keep going back to Chicago. There are now over 500 fatalities for 2017. This has been going on year after year after year, yet nothing is getting done. I don't see people walking arm in arm in the streets to. Protest against the drug influence, the gang influence, the illegal gun possession—all the things that are going wrong with the social fabric of many of those communities. We reported just uh, uh, two or three weeks ago, or in the last several shows, that approximately 50% of all homicides are only in a, a handful of cities in in this country. That, uh, here we are again in 2017, and yet that continues to be pervasive in in our country. It's, it's terrible. Jeff, we need to wrap
1: this up, but I know there's a couple of things that you still want to talk about in regards to our special
0: Veterans Day focus. Yeah, I just want to go back and, and just clarify. I know that there are some people who maybe don't have a military ID, either current or retired. But if they're able to show anything, verifying their military service and their um, honorable Discharge from military service that will be acceptable, and I know Mark, uh, being in the military, you mentioned their DD214 and some other forms of documentation that people have. That's all we want. We want this to be a special um, end of the month. Again, we're going to run this special um, from the 11th of November through the end of the month. You come in, you show proof of your uh, current or retired status uh, or that your your service. And you're going to get a free lane, free gun rental, free target, free patriotic ball cap. And the ball caps are pretty neat. We have uh, the various uh, branches of the service and some other... Um, military-oriented caps that we think will be uh, uh, very treasured by the people who have them. The only thing that we request is that you buy ammo there. If you have your own guns, you're welcome to bring them. We're going to give you an additional $25 off of a trial membership that goes till the end of the year that's normally $75. You'll get that for $50, and that's going to be unrestricted access uh, to our recreational shooting hours, uh, which are about 50 hours a week if you want to come and shoot um, on your own uh, after you come the first time. So please take the opportunity to stop by the range and uh, f- for that weekend through the end of uh, November and see if that's something that we can get you involved in. Um, again, we want to pay tribute to our veterans, especially given the some of the negative attention that is, is currently associated. Uh, this is a very special day, and I know it's very special to people in the military, people who are retired or otherwise separated from the military, and it's just a way that we want to express our gratitude at Sim Trainer. Thanks very much for joining us for this podcast,
1: and we'll be back next week. We'll be back on the air soon, live, we hope. But uh, in the meantime, we'll keep these podcasts coming every week. Thanks very much for being with us. Thinking about learning to shoot? Considering buying a gun? Want to enjoy the sport of shooting with a friend or family member? How about getting involved in competitive shooting? Sim Trainer offers all these opportunities and more. Visit, call, or stop by. Visit us at sim-trainer.com. Call the range at 293-3914 or stop by the range at 2031 Dryden Road, then listen to the podcast by clicking the radio link at sim-trainer.com.